mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I'm Russell Tovey. And I'm Robert Diamond. And this is Talk Art. Welcome to Talk Art. How are you, Rob? I'm feeling really collaborative. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> and You've I'm, been thinking about that one. You knew I was going to ask you that. And I'm, I'm feeling really strong from the union that you and I have doing our podcast together. Do, do you think we are collaborative as a pair? Big time. They're competing with us. And also, I feel like... Like, you, it's actually made my life a better place, this podcast. Oh. And it's made me realise, like, how great real friendships are. Oh. Are you I've, talking about our friendships? Yeah. Because oh, yeah, I've enjoyed, yeah, yeah. like, I've it's enjoyed, like, like every single here. minute of it. Oh. And um, I've, I came to this place of realisation <laughs> through doing research about today's incredible guests. Yes. Amazing. Because... What I love about both of them is their generosity of spirit mm-hmm. and their, the way that in, rather than pretending that they're making art in a vacuum mm. and that each one of them is somehow a genius on their own, mm. they're very much acknowledging their peers and supporting their peers and through each other's successes, they make each other stronger. And I think it's a really important message for young artists and also young musicians and young everybody to <laughs> to think about this because and also to acknowledge the influences that of other people, of other people yeah. throughout the whole of your life, yeah. whether that be family or whether it be other artists or whether it be musicians. And the idea that everything peers, is so having the support peers, of peers definitely. and respecting your peers and looking at their work and and. Yeah, collaborating with them. And the other thing before we introduce them that I love mm. is that they're not necessarily obsessed with the Instagram generation either. I feel like they're very much in the real world and reflecting the actual world that we're living in, like as in humans to humans, you know, and like the what we're eating and what we're thinking and what mm. museums we visit and all mm. that kind of thing. Mm. I, I think the actual real world is the most important thing that comes through their work as mm. well and that I'm really connecting to. Wow, Rob. So we would like to welcome... welcome to Talk Art. Alvaro Barrington and, and Teresa Farrell. Hi, Welcome, guys. guys. Hi. You guys started harmonizing. <laughs> we always do. At the end. We, we in-tune everything. Yeah. Teresa in t- in Farrell! <laughs> it's like a game show, Someone isn't it? <laughs> You're winning a car! <laughs> I wish we had a car to give you guys, yeah, but maybe amazing. we will one day. One I wouldn't day. be able to afford the taxes, right? That's why when you win a prize, it's like, it sucks, right? Yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah, yeah, totally. Because you've got to insure it and put it on the road. You don't yeah. really think of that. Don't give me a car. And put petrol in it, guys. I don't have a license either, but that reminds me of all the people that won cars when Oprah was giving them yeah. out. Yes, and I think Ellen then copied her sometimes, no? I yeah. think Oprah and Ellen both do it, maybe. Yeah. You see like they give hysteria. tickets to concerts. Hysteria or they give... videos on YouTube, but they kind of like link them all together. You just see everyone in the audience. They're, they're <laughs> fascinating, the reactions. 
when I'll they realise they've won like $10 gift card for something <laughs> and they'll freak out. You've won $10! <laughs> <laughs> what if you go to the one episode where you don't get anything? I want to see that right Yeah, furious. <laughs> yeah, furious. Somebody's out there in the world like, fuck that shit. <laughs> I came all the way out here and Ellen didn't give me a car. <laughs> so we're here at the Emmeline Gallery in, in London, uh, in Shoreditch, and you guys have got a duo show on you've got a collaborative show you're working together and the show is called <laughs> tall boys and a double shot espresso yes tall boys and a double shot espresso and what what is that title about and how did you two come to collaborate on this show together um it's got more than one goofy meaning right but it yeah. sort of goes all the way back to i mean it's kind of what we run on so like we 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 used to live in Brooklyn. Uh, well, I still do, but we used to live like a couple blocks from each other, and drinking Tall Boys on the stoop. What's a Tall Boy? Oh, it's like a tall, skinny can of beer. I think you guys say like Tinnies or something. Tinnies, yeah, but, but it's a tall, skinny one. Skinny one. So it's like twenty-two ounces. Do you yeah. guys have? It? I mean, I never drank really until recently, so I don't even know what, you what drink, a tin of beer is. I drink champagne now, but that's <laughs> oh, about it. No, this is like that's um, fancy. four yeah. Yeah. Go. But do you put it in like a brown paper bag, sort of tinny? Is it that sort of but thing? But if you're on the stoop with a closed gate, you don't get a ticket. Wow. Um, but, uh, well, so yeah, I mean, you know, tall boys in the evening and double shots of espresso in the morning was like, we went to school together. Yeah. We partied at night together. So you went to Hunter College yeah. in New York and yeah. that's where you guys met. Yeah. And did you know from the off that you kind of were drawn to each other that you thought each other was cool? Kind of, but we also found out like we have like a long history of overlapping, overlapping, you know, like, uh, like for instance, one of his really good friends from high school went to a really small elementary school that I also went to in a totally different borough. Yeah, so that... Jade Hurtado, who performed here this summer. Mm. What was his name? Who? Jade uh, her Hurtado. Her name's Jade. Okay. She's uh, Blind Benny is her band. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, but so like and like of course she and I remember each other because we were in a we were grades apart, but but there's like ten kids per class, so it's like right. I was like yeah of course I know that girl. She was like the lead in the school play. Yeah. But and then like I I went to I went to high school and sat next to his uh, cousin in our marching band practice. Like so once we got to know each other, all like these other pieces the like, links all came yeah, in. Yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Weird ones like that. And you were at Hunter College for how long? Too long. Way too long. <laughs> we were super, super seniors. <laughs> you were like, do I have to leave just yet? <laughs> no, we kept dropping out, skipping yeah. things. It was like, you know. <laughs> but I, I, I had an interview where you described that you would go to MoMA or the Met and you would literally sit in front of a painting for eight hours together and just like study it and lose yourself in it. Easily. Well, kind of like, so we had like a, it was, we used to call ourselves the trifecta, Richard, Teresa and me. <laughs> T would go and like, She's got like this crazy eye where she would see something and then kind of, and then leave like in the gallery. And then Richard and me were like kind of studious nerds and we'd be there for eight hours. And then we'd go to <laughs> Teresa and Teresa would have seen it within like the five minutes that she was there. But Richard and I would just kind of be there like nerding out. And you'd be sketching and stuff or just in, like in, involved in it, absorbing it. Or would we, you... we would sketch a lot of the yeah. works. We would kind of figure out, you know, that sort of... Um, Damn, Richard's not even here, but it'd be good if he came through one day. Yeah. But Richard, Richard and, Kwan, what up? Yeah, what up? <laughs> <laughs> is he back in New York now, live? Brooklyn? Or, yeah. <laughs> he's nah, in Brooklyn, is he? Nah, he's been in China forever. Oh, right. He's been in China, like, even when we were a hunter. He but was he's from there. Queens, right? But he's from, he's like a, what they call an ABC, an American-born Chinese. 
cool. Ah. <laughs> first generation. First generation. And what sort of paintings would these be? Can you remember the first ones you geeked out in front of for a long time? Um, we did mostly sculpture work because we did a sculpture class, and then we started drawing like. There were, I, we spent some. I remember like that yeah, Picasso yeah. fisherman painting. Yeah, that was of, sick. Uh, yeah, that night fishing at Els. Yeah, that, Arles, yeah, Arles, yeah, yeah. It's the most amazing one. The moment, the full floor. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm lot. That's my favorite Picasso of all time. We spent a whole half a day in front of that. Yeah, yeah. just um, before the war broke out, that was painted. So it was like this is meant to feel like it's a moment of peace, but like on the horizon, there's darkness coming. But you've got this kind of village, and there's like the girls at the side with ice creams and fishing, and it's all beautiful. But you know, it's going to fucking descend into hell very, very quickly. And it's like capturing that moment. Yeah, that painting's phenomenal. That's interesting because I think we were just looking at the decision making. (laughs) 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 I like, I wasn't even thinking about the actual looming war. We were just thinking about like how he had the fish emptied out or like, you know, how he's breaking up the space and shit. I think we're more thinking about that. Yeah. Well, it was a color one of that scale. The only other one did like that was Guernica and that was in black and white. But that one with the scale of that one with the, with the animals and, because you had like a dog there as well, animals yeah, yeah, and humans. Yeah. The figuration of it was like rare. I remember going to see the Guernica in um, Madrid yeah. and feeling incredibly sad afterwards. Yeah, well, it is sad. It's so like well, intense though. Face. And it really yeah. made me realise the power of Picasso. Until that point, I think I'd seen him as this kind of like very commercial, you know, mainstream kind of Sexist, thing. And, and yeah. for that reason, I just didn't really think much about him. But when I saw that that massive painting in Madrid, mm. I remember being really moved by it mm. and incredibly sad. Like I wanted to cry almost. Like it was mm. just, it's so well done. And that's interesting that you would sit and like draw. Cause drawing's a big thing. Night fish oh, you didn't draw. That's no. what it's called. I what didn't draw at the museum. Some, you had a sketchbook. Yeah, yeah, I still draw at the museum. So for both- Do you? You still do that now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you done it in London? Yeah. Where uh, have you been and seen? What have you seen? Um, what was the last thing I drew? I kind of left my sketchbook on the table because I lost one yesterday, like two days ago. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, and I was almost to the last page, too. Oh, someone's um, going to pick that up and be like, gold. Like, when you draw at the museum, don't people like come up and try to talk to you? That's why I don't do it. Well, I, they want to find out what you're drawing, they, why you're drawing, come and have a look. people think that, like, if... It's almost like if I'm doing nothing, no one comes up to me, but if I'm drawing, which you would think would deter people from trying to, like... I don't know, distract you or engage. It's like yeah. I'm busy, guys. Yeah. You can see I'm busy while I'm stopping. I'm afraid of people. Like when I'm out in the wild, I'm afraid people are going to talk to me, so I try not to do stuff like that. People that come up attention. to me at different different <laughs> occasions. Like they'll come say, "You want to go to a sex party?" This in art galleries. This happens in London. You guys love that shit out here. No one's invited me to a sex party. What's wrong with me? I don't know. This can't be a tape written. Well, Surely look, this isn't yeah. One second, one when second. I'm trying, though. I, I want to talk about something. So you both make paintings, yeah? But um, not not only paintings, but it's a part of both of your practice. And I know that drawing for you, Alvaro, was a big thing when you were growing up. And that in your childhood, you were kind of known as the kid that would be known for drawings. Yeah. And making drawings. So is that an important part of your of, of making paintings for you? Like the actual studying and drawing? Yeah, because it lets me kind of break down what I'm seeing when I'm wor- working through something, you know, like you, you, you kind of painting and then I'll like maybe draw a lot, draw like a figure that I've already put in there and then it kind of helps me see the figure a little bit more, see see what's happening around it and then I kind of compare notes and then I'll I actually sometimes even stick it on the painting to make sure and then come back the next day and then take a look and make sure what I'm seeing because I think a lot of times 
you know, as a student, you kind of meet, I remember Drew used to talk about, our old professor, Drew Beatty, but um, you see, you or even like, you just see, you talk to artists and you'd say what your painting is about. And then you, they would like have all this fucking crazy fantasy about mm-hmm. the work. Like, yeah, it's Brexit and Boris Johnson eating a fat dick. <laughs> and then you see it and it's just like a Jamaican flag or something. And you go, what the fuck is that? That's a Jamaican flag, bro. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's yeah. just like, I think drawing just sort of makes sure that what I'm seeing and what I'm telling people I'm seeing is actually what they're, what they're seeing. Right. And how, what's drawing like for you then? Because you, like, you just I'm said... I'm a Drawsaurus you... Rex yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, You go in on it. Yeah. Drawsaurus um, Rex, did you say? Yeah. Oh, I like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I too was the kid in class that like... Someone, can you draw cornrows on this character for me? Because yeah. I couldn't finish it myself. And then I'll be like, yeah, sure, I got you. Like, I was that kid. But um, I don't know. Then you grow up and you don't stop drawing. I don't know. And you just hope people still want your drawings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you were saying, like, so there's a message then with your art. Do you, you feel like there's a message you want to get across to people? Like, when you're making work, do you make it for yourself? Or are you, are you conscious of an audience seeing your work and what you want them to feel? Um, I take all of it into, I take all of it. I take like, I take the long history of painting into it. I yeah. go, damn, could I go, could you see this? Especially now, because you got like, um, I think when we opened the show, uh, Peter had a, Peter Doig had a show up. Yeah. Lynette had a show. Chris, Chris, had, and, Jasmine. Chris and Jasmine had a show up. Uh, Albert Olin had a show up. You know, two, right? two shows up. It's you, been intense. Lisa Bryce then? Lisa Bryce oh, had a show. Yeah, are you kidding me? Oh, yeah, you go. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you're like. I might as well go home. <laughs> and you're in the neighborhood and you want to be like. Yeah. Oh, you don't want to be like, oh, fuck that shit. That shit is corny. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like, because it's like, it's like you ever, I, I think of it like, you ever think somebody's cute and then somebody cuter comes along and then you go, oh, they're not that cute. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, all relative, yeah. it's all relative. So yeah. I feel like. You know, we're having this show. I was just like, damn, I don't want to be like looking and then I'll, I mean, I'm you don't, the, yeah, you don't want to be the ugly sister. You don't want to be the ugly <laughs> sister. And then, but somebody thought you were cute before the ugly sister, before, oh, before your older sister walked in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any sisters, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's like, there's that. I mean, maybe because yeah. of my competitive, it's a bit of competitive nature. Are you also, quite competitive like, then? Yeah, but you know, T will do, but it's like not even with each other or just like everything, in... everything. You Is know? he? It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Okay. Yeah, like she has keys to my studio. You know, we just want to make sure, like, that you she got keys does. To mine. Yeah, I got keys <laughs> to hers. But it's just like we want to make sure at least she walks in and go, "Oh, that shit is cool." So you critique each other. You're quite happy to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's and part of it. It's part of it. Actually, one of the one of the best critics. Crit, uh, criticism I had this year was that I was making those white paintings upstairs yeah. at the Sadie show for the Sadie yeah. show and um, and it was like maybe four or five days of no sleep just like going through <laughs> friends it friends coming in and out of town friends, yeah. <laughs> Brandon was DJing right Bra- yeah like he was dude, Brandon was playing like that can record yeah you were like had, you were like bleary eyed I've been painting for like two days I came in from that that party or that weird yeah. disco. I went to some disco here, did some ketamine, came in, and Albert's like, what do you think? And I was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, yo, I think, she was like, it's these two white paintings. It was one that, and she was like, you know, um, 
you know, they're doing the same thing. They're both good paintings, but they're doing the same thing. And of course, you could sell it because you're Albert Barrington and somebody wants your painting, but they're doing the same thing. And I'm well, not really. Well, two people want that painting. Yeah, two so, paintings. Uh, and it, yeah. And I, I'm not really interested in that. And of course, I was like, yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to. Even though those white paintings are all white, they're all doing something internally. But there's very color different. underneath. Like there's, I, there, there's like a Jasper Johns flag feeling underneath, and then it's Robert Ryman over the top, and it's. That's a funny breakdown. That's, well, that's <laughs> what I saw. One, and I was saying Kandinsky palette, like also hidden underneath. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but, but all of them is in there. Kandinsky. Yeah, because you're you're a, you're a real absorber of art history. That it's no, it's a cool breakdown. Yeah, but it was just like I was like, I don't want to make the same. I don't want people to walk in and just feel like they're looking at the same painting. So what did you take from that critique and how did you change or Well, I think we're both like we're both like not trying to repeat ourselves in each in any painting. You 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 fucked with the the composition. You 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 like distributed the like uh the levels of like you changed it. I don't know. I woke up the next day, you had sta- you stayed up another night. So that yeah. was like 48 like 30 I don't know how many you've been you had been up for days at that point and uh I just like crawled back into your studio and you had um totally changed the whole energy of the of the one painting on the right. You, yeah. You worked back into the back, back into the front. The composition changed mm-hmm. the, it was just what a wonderful thing. I love the fact you two have this connection. Because if you're, for listeners who are listening right now, it, you can like see the energy between these two artists. Like, <laughs> it's so strong, though, your, your connection. I love mm-hmm. it. And it's so brilliant to think of this idea of conversation somehow and how that, that trust you both have and the understanding of where you've both come from before you were well known artists um, and then what you're growing into and where you're heading to the future. I feel like this conversation is so important to both of your progress. Um, and it's interesting. I just bumped into Stanley Whitney the other day and oh, Marina love, Adams, love. who I love so much. And in, in, I've known them both in New York for quite a long time. And um, I've always been interested in their marriage as well. And this idea that they have a conversation constantly and she's making her work and he was making his work. And even though their work's quite different, you can definitely see overlaps between the two. Like, and I love that idea of conversation in art. Like it's something yeah. that I've always grown up being into with Frida Kahlo, Diego Rivera, like all these people that were my teenage crushes in mm. a way. But I think it's so cool because these days, like, there's a few artists in London I know who seem to be quite open about their gang almost. But with you guys, I feel like it's really present. Like, when Alvaro did his show at MoMA PS1, you actually had Teresa's work in the exhibition and another friend of yours... Christine Bratchy, who's in here too. Yeah, Yeah, we have uh, a a clock ceramic sculpture of hers on our bed. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. The bed in the show. (laughs) Well, that's when I first saw... We don't have a bed and we're not... um, that's the other thing about all those duos you named is we're not romantically. No, I know, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. actually the point I was trying to get to. But the thing that's different with you guys is that it's almost like friendship. It but is. It's friendship. Of, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's a deep thing, though. But it's, yeah. I guess the biggest word that you said was trust. That, that's that been our driving force, yeah. I think. Because I, I remember, I forgot where I was, but I was away for like two weeks and I was, I was crazy tired. And I was, but I was like, yo, let me go to, let me go to the studio to see some shit and then you had left that sax painting in there oh yeah yeah, yeah. and i swear like i got so much life i was just like let me start painting i was ready so this to is go. a woman bl- bl- playing the saxophone with her vagina <laughs> it's it's a woman summoning the duke of hell um <laughs> <laughs> well that that creature in the in the window is amducius which is the duke of hell and yeah. he's usually depi- he's a- who's the duke of hell satan well, you know, in like the Book of Demons, there's like multiple demons. No. 
What's the book of demons? To be honest, I don't know either because no. I've never you studied demons. You guys make me feel like a weirdo. No, you're no, not weirdo. No, 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 no. Tell us. What's, uh, the, book, what's the book of demons? Well, there's like, there, uh, there's like a, there's just a bunch of a bunch of different demons. Like, there's not just Satan. Like gods. Like, there's different gods. There's different. Well, even in biblical, even in biblical, like, there's not. You know the. Like Greek like, gods, like, like you got Zeus like the and you one got that, the Paris one that you call Achilles Satan was and... Lucifer, but right. like the, like that's just that one. Yeah. So there's more. Right, and this one has like two forms, but like he has like a man form that he comes to Earth in, and then also, also I'm not religious. This is I, anyway doesn't matter. But anyways, like and then his unicorn one, his unicorn form. But the unicorn form always has like um, horns on his back, like musical horns, like French, like. Like, whatever the archaic French horn equivalent is, all this shit. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I played saxophone, as I said, uh, when I was a kid in marching band in high school. And so saxophone was sort of my go-to. And I just thought, you know, if you're going to, if a woman's going to summon the Duke of Hell, she's probably, Amducius in particular, he, um, she's probably going to use, like, a musical instrument. And then I just, you know, I'm always taking it to the next step. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. well, how... You're not just gonna play it. That's just playing music. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't, whatever. That's that's how that thing. Has happens. anyone looked at that painting and gone, "Oh, that's what she's doing there. She's summoning <laughs> the Duke of Hell with the saxophone with a vagina." Has uh, anyone taken? Yeah, yeah, that? yeah. Two two friends of mine. Really? Actually. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, but they also they're also into demons, and they also know what I do and how my brain works. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know. No stranger yet. Love that's that. cool. That's so cool. So that painting that you're describing that's in the show here then inspired you to go and make a work? Well, we I come like I think I'd like landed from the airport and I needed to get something from the studio. Did you just come back from Captiva? Maybe no, no, because Alex drove me from Captiva. It was like somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But then Oh, I, you were right about to go. You were at, or something I don't remember. Maybe. It was somewhere, but I knew I came in. It couldn't have been Captiva because Alex is, or maybe it was. Oh, you know what? Me and my bro, I was down at the Robert Rauschenberg residency in Captiva, Florida. You're you're probably right because I was there for like a month, and then because that's bro- when I that's why I started that giant painting because he was gone at this residency and. I just took over your studio, yeah, yeah, and I yeah. didn't clear out before you got. You got back early, or something happened. <laughs> nah, I came all back shit was super everywhere. late. <laughs> my bro, like, we got a U-Haul truck, and we we did twenty four hours from Florida to New York, and it was like crazy mad, because my bro had bro had to go to work the next morning. So like, I was dumb tired, got in the studio, and I was ready to go sleep. Because I'm like 10 minutes. My studio was 10 minutes from my house. Mm-hmm. But I walked in and I saw that. You had messaged me like, yo, I got some stuff in the studio. I'll come get it whenever. I walked in and I saw that painting. Because you had sent me like like some pre prequel shots of the work, you of the sketches. You were, well, you, well, you were like, you haven't figured it out yet. Yeah, I yeah. was sending you those progress shots. And then when I came in, it was just... And also the thing with Teresa's work is that they don't really... Uh, and when you were talking about Instagram culture, even my paintings, like they don't really, even though we're both involved in Instagram, yeah. they don't really work on Instagram so well or work through mm-hmm. the phone. That's the same for most art, isn't it? You have to see it in the flesh. Yeah, but then there is a certain type of art actually that does go really well on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. And, and even and even that whole like post-internet generation, like where they almost like set it up for the camera. I remember mm-hmm. there being a whole yeah. group of students about six years ago in London who were like doing all their shows almost through the lens so that it would look good on Instagram. And I was like, really? This is crazy. But then I started to realise that was the point of what they were doing and that was their kind of concept in a way. But but I was never that convinced by that because I for me, what I like about 
about both of your work is that you do stand in front of it and you have a relationship with mm. it like and it's fresh when you see it for the first time you know yeah. what i mean like yeah even so, our even our long uh, that's the other thing about tall boys is we got four long skinny paintings two of his two of mine one of his is horizontal uh-huh. that's th- that was like the tall boys thing also but we were referring to them as the tall boys the whole time we were like thinking about this show but that's the other thing is even the cropping doesn't work on Instagram. Like how are you that long skinny thing does not <laughs> It's working a square, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, no. 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 And even they they even adjusted it a little bit so you can have like a vertical, but yeah. The tall boys are still too long. I actually <laughs> went to your website, Teresa. And, oh, no. And I was looking at... Oh, I don't have a website. Okay, well, keep that secret. But anyway, there's a list of paintings <laughs> earlier, <laughs> earlier. No, don't be embarrassed. It's your, it's your history. It's fine. Yo, you know... I don't know how to delete that. I don't know how to delete that. We're going to... We're going to... We're going to... We're going to... Where's that? Uh, uh, Ikea... And she was like, yo, you think I should delete my website? <laughs> I, I was like... Why well, use an Ikea? Something about Ikea made you think about yeah, it. Yeah. Fucking... Yeah. What's that guy's name? Some dude... That, that, that birch... Um, that birch segment that's in the show is the only thing from that time period in the show. And it's on that that's weird what, blog. Exactly. No, but what I was going to say is when you scroll down, so you're looking at some of your work yeah. and, and then you scroll down and there's this really long painting. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen because you had to like I was on my telephone and you have to like really scroll, 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 scroll. to get to the end no but it was genius yeah. it's like one of the first times I've ever had that experience yeah. on the internet yeah. so thank you for giving me something new I was trying to fuck with you man yeah <laughs> before but, I knew you but it doesn't matter if it's bad. old work I think it's interesting because it's where you you know it's, it's a, it doesn't look bad it, it's yeah. interesting but it's like young interesting work I guess I, on the I, website I made that painting after like a trip to Vermont where there are tons of those trees but um, we had this this weird photo- like German photographer as our painting teacher, which was inherently frustrating to me because he didn't get anything I was trying to do, so he couldn't really help me as far as I was concerned. And one of the things he came into my studio and said was, why are you painting all these birch trees? Like, what is this, to decorate people's houses? Like, this is something you see at Ikea. Oh, I see. And I was like, motherfucker, I just... And went, we were going to yeah. Ikea. <laughs> well, that's why I thought of it when we were going oh, to Ikea. And I was like, should I delete my... Web-? I was in Ikea. Right. And I was like, I got to delete my website. <laughs> <laughs> but I had come from this, like, crazy camping trip with my ex... By my then boyfriend. So, like, fucking Reiner was out of his... He was out of place saying that because I was yeah. painting from real shit, actually, not Ikea. I think <laughs> it's good to paint birch trees. <laughs> it is. Here's to you nature. You paint birch trees? <laughs> no, not tr- yeah, trees. yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, those are like the tall boy trees in the... That that's kind why of- we included that work because that's like a really old painting of mine that, and like Alvaro's painting trees nowadays and we thought it was a funny like but correlation. I, yeah, yeah. But I made that tree thinking about your tree. Don't make me blush. No, <laughs> so you so were exhausted, good. and then you saw the painting, uh, Teresa's painting, Summoning the Devil, and you were then like, I need to sleep, but you were just inspired and then started making work. I just, I, 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 went work, I made paintings, but I fucked up a bunch of paintings that night. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I was still tired. Like, I still, we still drove like 24 hours. But my mind was, my mind was racing. It was alert, yeah. And my mind was like, damn, she did that shit is crazy. I didn't even see it. Because it was kind of like, when you see it in the phone, it's like a little bit, everything is flat. You don't really get to see what's really happening. So in a way, I was sort of like, you know, I told her, I was like, when I see it, I see it. Like, I can't really say anything about it. When I see it, I see it. But it was still like kind of a disappointing photograph of like a work Mm -hmm. that wasn't really like what you were going to experience. And so when I came in there, I was like, 
not really knowing that, all right, I'm going to see it. And then I saw it, and it was just like, what the fuck? All right, I got to paint. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then, then it's like, then it kind of ran off. I heard an amazing thing you said about you'd been painting for a long, long time, like decades or whatever. And then one day you pushed paint out of the tube onto the canvas and I think it fell down on the canvas or something and then it I was this work. yeah and then it was a very physical moment where you realized the possibilities of paint beyond everything you had learnt and beyond all the history of art like can you that talk about that weird hand that yeah, glass yeah, yeah, hand yeah, yeah. oh my god that's still maybe yeah. my favorite painting you've ever made that's probably one of well you know what we had this moment who has it? It's in the garbage. Shut no. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had an interview at a at a university that's not gonna be named. And the the person <laughs> oh, yeah. and the person like said some wild shit about it. Oh, that sucks. And they looked and they they were like, yo, can you doom 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 doom? And they said some crazy shit. And they started like free zone associating. And uh, what, that, what does that mean? We were talking about it earlier. That's the shit we don't like. Um, what, what, that's why he was saying he draws so much. Like when people look at your work and 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 like you 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 painted like you painted a table with an ashtray and some stacks of papers, and then someone is like looking at whatever the space in the the room of the background is, and they're like, "But I can see like there's like aliens and like you know a parrot," and you're just like, "Dude, come on, that's paint." Yeah, it's kind of like a, it was a our professor. <laughs> like free zone associating isn't really helpful. It's just like go look at the clouds, like outside. Go look at the clouds, you know, like if you yeah. want to do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was like, like it's a kind of carry. So they're looking into it more. You mean than you intended, or they're trying to find stuff to show off, or it doesn't seem like they're looking at it more to find something deeper. It's like they're trying to. At that point, it's like there's no. It's not really a conversation anymore. Yeah. It's like, well, it kind of came out of Carrie James Marshall. True. Drew used to, uh, Professor Drew used to tell this Carrie James Marshall story yeah, yeah. when they used to teach at the University of Chicago. Like he was saying that there's this kid who drew this, who did this. Anyway, Carrie used to say, like, when you look at his work, you you know, you look at a Carrie James Marshall work, it's like a black woman walking through the park. You don't, he, like, he doesn't, the last thing that you could say about his work is like, oh, look at that woman who's about to pull out a gun and shoot that Martian. And then, you know, you start, like, free zone associating. and You project the <clears throat> story onto it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what he, what he painted very delicately and deliberately is what he wants you to reflect on. And it was like, I painted this painting... And this and this person was like free zone associating, and it was just like I was like, what the fuck? I got well, yeah, it, and then I just threw it away because I thought yeah. I never wanted that to happen to my paintings again. It's not that like we're making this didactic work, but it's like there's just a certain line that I, it's hard to articulate. You just you know when when there's a narrative in place and when you're running away with it and when there's an abstraction and when you're just like, I don't know, man. It just I don't like I I don't. I don't mind people internalizing like what I've what I've painted. Yeah. But there's something else about free zone associating. There's a line in between somewhere. Yeah. Do you think it's a bit disrespectful to the work? Do you think? Or do no, you I just... think it's goofy. It's just right. like, what's the point? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I never thought about this before. It's quite interesting. Yeah, I know. I'm a bit like sort of yeah. Deep thought about this right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I first saw your work, Alvaro, at uh, Moma PS One, and you they had recreated your studio from Slade in London, and then by Klaus Bischenbach, who used to run MoMA, he uh, 
he saw your work and took the whole studio and that was the first time that's happened uh i think isn't it is that is that is that been done i don't before? know if it's the first time i mean you know there's been studios recreated in in spaces but a student yeah a studio an emerging like he, artist like show, he studio threw your whole london studio in a truck and brought it back to new york yeah but how i also did that think come about how did that happen i also i mean it have like a, a long story but i also think like the idea of studentship and and like emerge like it's, it's sort of weird for me because i think hopefully i'm still a student at like at at 90 you know what i mean so it's yeah. like yeah it just happened that i graduated from a school but, but being in an art school don't make you any like i think there's a lot of ego behind like these awkward like you're at a gallery that doesn't mean shit you, well, you I, may be making horrible work i agree you know? with you but i think there's something to be said about the fact that klaus saw your studio because like okay for example you were like it's been done before like yeah when they recreate like dieter roth and his yeah. son's studio it's so that us as the viewer can sort of go travel in time and see how they yes. worked and put together what we already know about their work. This was like someone we've never and I, I'm someone we've never seen before. Already we get yeah. to see his studio. That's what was a little bit unique. Yeah, exactly. I think about in Dublin, you know what I mean. You can go and see Francis Bacon's recreation yeah. yeah. studio, but that's a different thing because yeah. there's a whole myth it's historical. Behind that. Like Dali's this house is, in Spain. You were like this is new, MoMA. You know what I mean? Yeah. This your is work like, was new to a lot of people at that point. I guess. What was that like? I mean. We're, I mean, we're it, trying to gas. He just, just tried to be humble, and we're yeah. like, no, 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 come on, come on. I mean, it's like I don't even. I mean, a, I, I mean, a, I was really grateful for it, but it's also like a big. It was also like a homecoming. That was awesome, think, yeah. Because I think you know a lot of people. The last time they really saw my work was before I left. You know, mm -hmm. what I mean? where a was you showing then? I wasn't even shown. He was I just think we, in Hunter. And yeah. And then we did like oh, a project. Bushwick. We did like a Bushwick shit. At did her. you? Yeah. We had a little like show at our friend's uh, wood shop. We'd throw a bunch of paintings on the wall. And yeah. And that was cool. But it was like, I wasn't really eager to show because I really thought I wanted the work to kind of be able to situate itself next to like my favorite painters. One of the things I love that I heard from that experience of doing that show, which also included Teresa's painting, um, was, <laughs> Thanks, that, was that you'd created a space that you felt like your cousins, for example, or your family could come into the gallery, into a museum where they might not normally go to. And they sort of felt like it was a space that was there for them as much as it was for like the art world, say, and that you were somehow trying to create a, a space for like a bigger audience in a way. Do you, is that accurate? Something like that. I mean, I think, you know, it was... I became aware. I mean, a, I mean, another thing is like I was super grateful for it. I was mm. super grateful to Klaus for believing in it and mm. believing in me, and just thought, man, this would be cool. And Had he known your work before when you was at Hunter? Uh, he he came to the studio with um, um, Hans Obrist. Yeah, that was at Slade, I thought. That was a uh, no. That was I had graduated Slade and had rented out a studio in Bermondsey in South London. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. 
This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com and, um, how did, and how did you end up at Slade? From Hunter in New York, as someone from Venezuela who then is in a, lives in Brooklyn and then goes to Hunter. And then how did you end up at Slade? How did that come about? Um, I graduated, and it was like, it was actually three... I mean, there was a bunch. One of the things that I do all the time is ask people who are smarter than me what I should do next. <laughs> is Teresa one of them people? No. <laughs> In painting, definitely. You know what I mean? But um, but I had graduated, and I didn't really know what to do next. And um, Katie Siegel, who taught at, um, who's like one of the like one of the smartest people in the world, um, was like, "Oh, you should you should think about Europe." And then Daniel Boschkoff, who was a professor, it was like, oh, why don't you think about like England or something like that, or Scotland. And then there's an artist who was from here who was like, oh, you should go to Slade. And then, um, who was that? It's a long story. It may oh. make it more complicated. Okay. So I was like, oh, all right. Um, we know him. <laughs> big, big deal. <laughs> and then it, I was like, oh, all right, cool. And then, I, I, and then they were like, oh, he's going to give you time and space. And I was like, I don't even know what the fuck that means, but all right, I love your work. You're one of my favorite painters. So I just who is this? Then? <laughs> but then we ended up going. <laughs> Why are you so reluctant to say? <laughs> but then we ended up. So then I ended up applying, and um, at the interview, uh, Alison McKenvin was there, and Lisa Milroy. But anyway, I just felt really comfortable in how they organized the program. So that's why I ended up saying like, all right, yeah. And then I got in. I, I also heard that you were interested in the life story of Marcus Garvey, no? Um, and the, the fact that he'd been in London. And he died in Westminster, didn't he? Is that true? Was that... Well, it's like, um, actually, that's one of, I mean, one of, there's a lot of things I do in my, in my, in, in like that I want to explore as an artist. Yeah. And uh, one of it is, is uh, Black Caribbean influence on multicultural cities. So all of the shows, Actually, for the next, it's kind of like I always describe the the elevator pitch is like the Marvel Universe characters, where you start with Iron Man and then you kind of unfold it. But I wanted to sort of explore what does multicultural, what does the Caribbean influence look on as cities like London, New York, L.A., right. Paris. So the galleries that I kind of work with um, all are kind of sharing. Um, a kind of Marvel universe kind of unfolding of of um immigration from the Caribbean that ended up influencing why my mom ended up in New York and how I ended up being brought up in the in Brooklyn. So it's like a, a kind of longer it starts with Garvey, then it goes to the Windrush generation over here. Yeah. In in Brooklyn, I mean in New York it starts with Garvey who goes who goes to Har- Harlem, then it goes into Malcolm X's mom, who leaves Grenada, joins Marcus Garvey's movement, meets Malcolm X's dad. Malcolm X is born, that's where his radicality come from, goes to Harlem, and then it goes to Audre Lord, whose parents come from Grenada, and sort of their influence in terms of helping me understand 
the larger ways of thinking, especially Audre Lorde in terms of like femininity, masculinity, and all these other things. So it's really about these small islands and their kind of their ideas that end up shaping the world, but also shaping my own internalized understanding of myself. But it's like a multi-project. Like, and this is continuing. This is mm-hmm. yeah. So the first show this year is the first chapter this year is at Sadie, mm-hmm. and it's with it's Garvey and it's called Birth. So it's Garvey being born, but it's also like a kind of my story, my brother Alex's story, and my mom having him. Um, and me watching my mom being pregnant with him. Mm-hmm. But then it goes into, like, um, Garvey forming his radicality. That's next year at Corby Moore. And then, but it's split between um, Sadie and Tommaso because their spaces are, are very different. So Tommaso, Corby Moore, the gallery. Yeah. Because you work with multiple galleries. and you... We do different projects. Yeah. Like, you know, Emmeline, we're here now because we could do this sort of we did like a grunge. I mean, I said grunge, but we did like a punk, a bunch of shows here, a bunch of concerts here. In London, everyone calls everything post punk. You don't even have to worry about the genre. <laughs> yeah, everyone yeah, just yeah. calls every band post punk. You know, but we, <laughs> we have post punk shows. Yeah. Well, let's just say Marcus Garvey is because Marcus Garvey was a, a Jamaican political figure. He was saying about um, understand your heritage and believe in your past. Was the quote like, if you don't know your past, your history, your stories, then it's like a tree with no roots. Yeah. And he's saying all the African-Americans at diaspora were told to sort of forget where they'd come from and just be American. And he was like, no, it's about, you can still, you can be American, but you need to hold on to the past. And he was spearheading that sort of energy, right? Yeah, I mean, he's sort of quoted as being the father of pan-Africanism. What does that is, mean? What is that? Which is like, um, I mean, it's it's basically... All the things, it's like, um, I mean, the context of Garvey is that he is an upper middle class Jamaican who moves to the UK around 19, in like the early 1910. Mm-hmm. And then what's happening with Garvey, but it's also happening with like Picasso and Matisse and them, is that he had never been to Jamaica, but he's looking at Africa. Um, he went to Burbank. And so he's him and a bunch of other people looking at Africa to kind of figure out who he is. And like Picasso looking at the African mask and yeah. to figure out how to create Cubism. All of that is kind of happening at the same moment. So Garvey is sort of thinking of who is thinking about the history of black people and how deep it runs. And so it sort of comes up with a lot of diff- ways of uniting black people, thinking about black struggle, talking about black struggle. But he also had, I think, was a very critical person in terms of financing a lot of what became Harlem. Harlem became like a sort of, I think the interesting thing about Harlem versus other multicultural cities is that Harlem, um, unlike maybe L.A. or Chicago, had immigrants from the Caribbean, you had black folks coming from the South. It had a kind of multi, you had Italians, you had... Puerto Ricans, Irish, you had this sort of zone of multiculturalism that kind of created a, a, a melting pot, a melting pot it, yeah. but that ended up kind of, but I think all of like the black folks coming from all these various parts ended up creating this sort of creativity that ended up becoming known as the Harlem Renaissance. But he was sort of critical in terms of funding a lot of things Allowing allowing people to buy homes, giving saving up money so people could buy homes, yeah. which I think that sort of infusion of cash, 
created a sort of space that probably is known as one of the greatest moment of creativity within black cultural history over the last hundred years. Wow. But he was kind of a real critical figure in that moment. Um, so it's a celebration of his memory, I guess, um, and what you're doing and you're, you're aligning yourself with his memory and creating work in your own narrative. Well, I think he was part of, he was part of my understanding of myself, you know, and I think the entire shows like in Paris, for example, you know, my mom had died when I was about 10 years old and it became like a big thing that I had to deal with. And then I met and then I read uh, Jean-Paul Sartre and his relationship, talking about his relationship to his dad, who had died when he was young and how it freed him. Who's this again? Jean-Paul Sartre, okay. who's like a existentialist thinker. Oh, Sartre. Sartre. Jean-Paul Sartre, right, yeah, yeah. But his, you know, his partner, Simone de Beauvoir, has a book on kind of watching people die, uh, watching her mom die. And then Franz Fanon, who Sartre wrote the uh, introduction to Wretched of the Earth, they're, of course, all friends. And so the show that I'm doing with Tadeus in Paris yeah. is all about these thinkers, um, Franz Fanon being a doctor, doctor who um, was in the Algerian war and of course is having a different relationship to that than Simone de Beauvoir who's watching her mom uh, at a much older time yeah, yeah he's seen surrounded by death he's so but he's a doctor right. and he's also in a war Simone de Beauvoir is seeing death from her the perspective of her mom of a daughter watching her mom die yeah who's like her mom fell and broke her hip and she's older and so she's sort of they're each thinking about it from very different perspective, right. which sort of has helped me understand my own relationship with death and watching, you know, my grandma had passed away and thinking about that or thinking about people who had been killed around my neighborhood. So all of it is sort of, all three of them has given me a kind of language and an imagination around the single thing that we all are going to experience. And so the show in Paris because they're having this conversation in Paris, is about death. So it's it's not only like, it's just people have just sort of given me my ideas to help me understand and where those ideas kind of come from. But is this an ongo- is this, is this one body of work now or is this an ongoing theme you think? No, it's really ongo- ongoing. It's, yeah, yeah, it's like, it's like, you know, the shows here is maybe at least 20 shows wow. split between two galleries and then... Um, you know, same in New York and L.A., you know, wow. so it's it's like a really long project. Like the Marvel saga. Like the Marvel saga. Yeah, it's ongoing. Yeah, it's, it's always, ongoing. And then you've got the spin-offs and then like yeah, Netflix yeah. and Disney and everything. Everyone gets a, yeah. Yeah, a yeah. story. Mm-hmm. But I grew up and in that culture. Is so. this show between the two of you? Is that part of that saga or not? No, nah, that's just, I, I mean... It's, I mean, it's in a, a way, side, yeah. It's a side project. It's, no, nah, it's not even my side project. In a way, I mean, T helped me become a better painter. So it's really... As much as Garvey helped me think about some stuff, he helped me become a better painter. So yeah, yeah. like, you know, it's just like, of course I should do it. Of course we should do it. You know. How do you, Teresa? How do you think you made him become a better painter? <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I didn't. No, I mean, no. We great. pushed each other for pushed all the time. It was like yeah. e- even just simple shit like uh, working alongside each other, just making like. Oh, you, you're staying up another hour? You're not going home yet? I, I, I got another That's hour in me. That's your competitiveness then. Right, right, right. You know, yeah, like real. anything. Or like, yeah. yeah. Um, Something I mentioned earlier was this idea of like making a gallery or an exhibition a space that people who aren't necessarily 
art connoisseurs already or have all the knowledge of the art history in their heads already can access art like I, I felt like that's something that's maybe a I don't know if it's a conscious concern necessarily to both of you, but it's something that I feel with your work is that I feel like when I walked into the exhibition here, I don't think you have to necessarily know about the history of a painting or whatever. I think mm. there's so much going on in it that you can connect with, mm. even sure. if you came off the street and you knew nothing about art or whatever. For sure, I feel that's like a part people... of our, our vibe, yeah. 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 Which I is mean... the majority of people who go to art galleries don't have like an extensive art history knowledge they come to art cold and they go what is this telling me what am i feeling yeah and i think we've been trying to encourage people to like to do cross that, that threshold yeah. and go into an exhibition and, and see things and one of the things i liked most about what both of you have done is this idea that you did those like events where you were using music as a and almost like a a concert or, or a performance yeah. or you know you're trying to do these series of events that bring in different audiences to the gallery so can you talk a bit about that whole process? Well, I mean, we're both really into community, building community and expanding community and not and and yeah, this like non-elitism of like why you should be here. And um for some reason when there's um a lot when there's live music and booze, people are way more comfortable than when there's just sterile white walls and totally, art and yeah. bright lights. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a really, it, it's not only an icebreaker, it's also music is something our friends do. It's something that um, I dabble in. It's like, it's just also a part of what makes it's us... again collaborating more within your peers and bringing more yeah, people in, creative people. Yeah, and so it was almost like a no-brainer that we would have these types of dancing and live music and art performance. Just, just like, we're weaving it together and... You know, we want people to feel welcome mm. and, a, and and a part of it, not just like looking like we're not like fish in a ball. Like, yeah, I think also because it's like maybe also because we're I'm a little bit a contrarian sometimes. And you go to school and school tries to single single out your identity. So if you're like you get on, you, you become a uh, you, you have to choose a major and that major is the only thing. All the people that you hang out with, all of it, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. And I think we were both kind of oddballs in that, like, in that we had, like, friends that we actually love outside of life, you know, and we just wanted to celebrate them. Or, yeah, yeah, like, we, we both we both were sort of, I think, a little frustrated with the, well, you know, it's an institution, and you're in these really close quarters with these people that you didn't choose, yeah. or, or didn't choose you, or there's no magnetic force except for, like, the lottery of like who's gonna be in this building next door, like mm. or in the door, like, and and I think we were fortunate to meet Richard and to meet each other, and 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 I think we're also unfortunate to be around some other people that maybe. Shout out to Alteron. Shout out to shout out to our boy Alteron Gumby. No, Alteron was awesome. The yeah, homie, no, there's a ton. Like, we had yeah, tons of friends, yeah, but we also there's also people like, you didn't like. No, 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 no Alteron. <laughs> that was just a joke. That's funny. No, the Alteron is our boy, but like. Just you know, just like the like how non institutional this could be. How like people are brought together by real shit organically yeah. and non academic, non elitist, yeah. accessible. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. What, we, what's yeah. what we talk arts about. Well said. That's what we say. Yeah. Yes. Plus we wanted to party, man. It's just like you know <laughs> well, it's like you wanted to like We didn't want to separate it. Yeah, it's a symbiotic yeah, relationship. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like like sometimes you paint deliriously tired or sometimes you're kind of buzzed after a party and you still pick up the paintbrush. It's not like that's not when you paint better. That's not when you paint worse. It's like the painting goes through all these stages, everything like I, it's just this whole symbiotic relationship. So why why should it be shown any differently? Yeah. yeah. It's like, 
when 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 we had like uh, studio visits at school, and people would be like, "Well, well, well, you got to talk about why there's a snare drum in your studio." And I'm like, "No, I don't. It's just there for when I get frustrated and I want to bang on it." And yeah, it's like, yeah. "Oh, okay. So, so your so your music informs your painting." I was like, "Did I say that?" <laughs> like, no. <laughs> like, you know, it's like I'm not always trying to draw the line. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is blurring it, actually. Yeah. How yeah. have you found London for inspiration for you, Teresa? Have you made work while you've been here, or I've been making tons of work. Have I've, you? Yeah, I found it. Super inspiring. Have it's you also, been staying together while you're here? Well, that's also really cool. I, I'm finally like working side, alongside Alvaro Studio again. We're neighbors again. Oh, wow. Thank, yeah. So I missed that. So that gave me a lot of juice. And then also just being in a new place. And Do you like London, the, the vibe here? I do. I didn't think I would, but I really do. Why, yeah, why? I didn't know either. Why, 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 <laughs> why, did you, why did you get that? First off, I'm a sun worshiper. Right. Um, and I hate the cold and the wet. Right. But actually don't, I guess, because I'm doing fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've still, we've had quite a nice long summer. It's not been True. too cold or too wet. So when it turns. Well, I'll be out of here by then. Oh. <laughs> no. Um, why did we think I wouldn't like it? I don't know. Because you're mad, Brooklyn. Yeah. I'm like a townie. You guys have that word? Yeah. How, yeah. How, long, how long have you been in London for? Um, two months now. Wow, cool. And I've got like another one ahead of me and then I'm out. Have you nice. been to art galleries and stuff while you're here and shows and? Yeah, we like fell right back into the groove of it. Like, what have you seen here that you stood in front of then? Well, I mean, we we sort of named all those shows that opened up with ours and and yeah, that Lisa Bryce, Bryce show yeah. had me shook. Yeah. I think she's my favorite painter right now. Yeah, uh, also, the uh, Jasmine Gervin's work at the Jasmine Chris Ophelia collaborative show, which was cool because I didn't. I, I mean, they have this collaborative show and we have this collaborative show. Yeah. Um, and also Shaka and Tennille. Going to LaGuardia with, that's a, a Jasmine is is their is their uh, yeah. is their aunt. There's all these weird crossover. Yeah, yeah and so Shaka and Tennille played that's one of our idea. events. That's a, a drawing Alvar made of them. They like one of the events leading up to our opening. Uh, they came and played. Um, so who who was Shaka and Tennille? Friends of yours from high school. Yeah, they're yeah. yeah. musicians. And yeah. Right. yeah, what sort of music do they make? Um, like. I don't want to describe it wrong. Okay. Um, I'll describe it wrong. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no, it's like really cool. Um, I guess it's it's like kind of like a R&B reggae fusion of her 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 um, really rocking the mic. She has like a set of pipes and him like behind spinning and like backup singing. Oh, wow. It, they had like a turntable set up and it was just... Cute sounds trivializing, but there was something charming about... The music they made and the, it wasn't separate from the relationship. It was like you knew. Yeah. It was like it was even her honest lyrics and just like the way they were interacting. It was fun. It was really yeah. fun to watch them perform together. Great. So, like they made a song about like storytelling. Like she had to tell their daughter Nas about what it was like growing up in the hood. So she made like a child story, kind of like Slick Rick style, but like it's like a real. It was like kind of. It w- it was sweet, but it kept it real because yeah, you know there were references to gunshots that were not over our heads. But you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah. it was cool. Yeah, it's wow. really cool. It was a lot of layers to. Yeah. That. Plus, also we wanted to like, I think even in the opening, we just wanted to have like a, a great fucking party. <laughs> so yeah, we had like. We really liked to party. We really. Liked to party. <laughs> How are you finding London? How are you finding it for working and living and? Man, just when I think I I'm I'm done with it, it pulls <laughs> it sucks, me back yeah. in. You're teaching here. I'm You're teaching here, for, here now. For yeah, so now. where are you teaching? You're teaching... I'm teaching at the Slate. Amazing. To and go have back you started there. already? Yeah. Like right. How's my... it going? Wow. 
I mean, the kids are great. They're really articulate and smart. And we, we I mean, last week we, we ended up, I mean, they have like an energy because we went, we started in the morning, like last Wednesday, we started at 10, looked at some of their work because they had an interim show up. Then we went to Mayfair and saw like a gang of shows. And then it was some openings that night. So we went to see a gang of openings. And then uh, Elizabeth Payne had a show at the opening at the yep. National Gallery. So mm-hmm. like, we ain't finished till like 10. And they were like, they were on it. You know, they were like. <sighs> you know, I think that's one of the best things as a teacher you can do is take um, art students to go and actually see art. Mm-hmm. Like I was talking to someone the other day about it in the 80s. And she was saying that like, um, nobody used to do that. And it's really important for her. Actually, it's a, it's a, it's um the artist who works with Emmeline as well that we just interviewed. I'm so Kembra. tired. Kembra Kembra, Fala. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we She's were talking we were yeah. talking to Kembra Fala about teaching at Columbia and she was saying one of the things she wants to do is actually take them to see art, but also yeah. take them to like Broadway or take them out to do things. Cultural because events, if you yeah. go out into the world, you'll actually have some kind of chain reaction that well, will that's happen. Your, I mean, that's like, your story, isn't it? That's that's your like mantra is that you you are constantly looking, constantly being inspired, constantly growing. You say this thing, which is I found amazing, is that when you hate an artist's work, you challenge yourself to make work like that artist to understand why you hate it. Yeah, or to understand why you don't hate it. I love that. Yeah. And that's what you you are constantly doing. You're saying you're constantly a student as well just now, as earlier on. It's like amazing that that's like your your thesis of life. Yeah, I think people should fuck up more, you know, and then figure out out a way out of it. Do you find it hard, though, to fuck up now you're in this position where there's a lot of eyes on you as a, a really kind of like successful artist. I mean, that's when I feel like the more reason to fuck up, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. that's when I feel like, yo, why don't we though? We're, we're renting a building and we're going to throw some, we're going to have a good time in the building. You know what four, I mean? Four floors of fucking up. Four floors. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, that's when you feel like, all right, we got to figure some shit out. Because we were even, you know what was crazy? Like last week we went to see a gang of shows mm-hmm. and we were talking about like people's bandwidth. Right. And there's some artists who operate within like, like from if it's like zero to a hundred, there's like some artists who like. We had uh, all these barometers. Freedom. Uh, yeah. Like. Invention. Yeah. Like, that was fun. Yeah. But there's some artists you see them and they're like, they they kind of stay within like, like, a certain temperature, a certain, yeah. a certain energy. But, yeah, I think the more you can change it up and keep people guessing. Yeah. I think we both, like, the thing that's both, like, real about or connects us is we both want to, like, go to, like, 90. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you're an yeah, actor, yeah. but you've seen, those, you've seen those actors who, like, kind of play the same role all the yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, they're banned. They basically like, play themselves. It's quite yeah. safe. Yeah, yeah, it's safe. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they but it's put, a challenge to keep doing that. And also, I guess... As a gallerist or as a collector, if you're into an artist's work and then they do something completely opposite to that, they I mean, you don't have to worry about that. But as a collector, sometimes you can be like, "Oh, hang on a minute, I would really like what they were doing, and I've got to get my head around this now." But I guess if you're connected to an artist and you want to stick with them, that's the whole point of it. I never think about a collector when I'm making work. I just think, is this shit real or what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And then I feel like... like pull, the... pull a Gustin move every week if you can. Yeah, you know what I mean? I feel like <laughs> the, mo- the script. The moment you're thinking about, yeah. is a collector going like this yeah. shit? You, you're already yeah, fucked fu- up. Yeah, if you're doing yeah, it... <laughs> you're already fucked up. Yeah, if you're, if you're just doing it... that that Yeah, if you're just... If you're too much worried about, like, am I going to be able to make my rent next month if I do this, if I make this series of drawings that I have to do, then... I think you're in the wrong field. This is not fair to it's not yeah, fair yeah. to art. 
It's like, I don't know, it's corny, but I no, feel that. No, it's not corny. I love that. It's not fair to art. That's great. <laughs> Who's art? Yeah. And luckily, with, luckily with me and Teresa, we've been poor our whole lives. Yes, and we're not scared so we of that shit. So we don't give a fuck about that's, that shit. That's really funny. Yeah. Usually, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not afraid to sleep on a park bench or eat nah, tuna for breakfast. Word. Like, but I heard okay. that as well is that you were, you said before this idea that in New York it's so expensive to live now, just like it is in London. That if you wanted to be an artist and you really wanted to live in those cities, you almost at the age of 35 have to get with like eight friends and live in a two bedroom apartment or something, and like and, and just like have very little space in order to have a studio. There's all kinds of hustles, and that's the most common one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, first thing you gotta let go of your ego. You yeah, know what I mean? Totally. It's like, yeah. There was like, I was... Yeah, there. girls girls be like, oh, I'm not going to, on a date to a pizzeria. And it's like, all right, well, then you're going on a date with someone else then. Yeah, you got to figure that out because <laughs> I got to paint. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I, I spent my paycheck already. Yeah, like yeah. I blew that so shit you can, on You can come to my studio and drink tea on the floor if you want. Right. Yeah. You yeah. ever tried to buy... get into relationships and they're not even like the person so <laughs> yeah. they can split the rent. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, that's sure. the other hustle. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. So talking about art... We ask every guest that comes on Talk Art um, two questions. Mm. One is, um, if you could do an art heist and we could help you like steal any artwork you like, um, we can always return it after if you feel guilty. But um, what, what, what would be a touchstone artwork that you would take home with you? It could be any size, any, it could be anything. Whoa. Shit, like to put you on the spot. I want to say something crazy, but all <laughs> I can on. visualize <laughs> is my favorite painting. But well, that's, that's good, though. That's what we want to hear. Or like the one, that, the one that I love right now. I yeah, what? That, that Baltus one with the fish flying. Uh, there's like a girl in a canoe. There's like a cat with like. Do you oh, guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a cat with like a knife and fork. Who who paints this? Baltus. Right. I, I don't know if I've seen. That he one. usually paints like. You you know you've seen like the the what is it the guitar lesson where he's, there's like naked do- yeah, do- yeah, like yeah. little girls and like the spanking one. There's like all this all these controversial little girl paintings here, but he, there's this one where. The only girl is in a canoe far away, and there's like a crazy cat with a rainbow. Oh, I've got it here. Oh my god, it looks amazing. I want that. (laughs) Can you guys get me that? Wow. So you guys are gonna get that for me. We're gonna get you this. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hustle. I need to live with that. How big is it? I don't know. I've never seen it in person. (laughs) That's interesting though, because seeing your seeing your paintings in this show, you can kind of see. Yeah. That that is in oh, your maybe mind. I gave somehow. away too much. No, it's good. Edit this out. We like that. <laughs> That's cool. I'm gonna post that on our what Instagram. What about you, Abra? Definitely baptism of the Christ. Oh yeah, yeah. That's your jam. Piero. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And you've seen that in the flesh. Yeah, it's down at the National Gallery. It's partly why I came to London, actually. Ah. Yeah. Or that as, as like a pilgrimage for that painting. Yeah, I mean, Gustin, I used to. Like, Gustin's such a big part of my DNA, but he had mm. wrote about... All what, of Gustin's practice, or the abstract ones, or the figures. All of it, one. but yeah. just, like, I mean, some of his use of colors, like, yeah. if you look at my pink, that's, like, a Gustin. If you look at yes. red, that's totally. my Gustin. Yes, yes, yes. But then, like, looking at... Uh, Gustin wrote about coming to London and looking at Piero and Nocello, and a lot of my color palette kind of comes out of Gustin, and which comes... His comes out of, like, Nocello and them. So... That, but that balance in baptism of Christ is one of the most, wow. like, insane things Piero de la Francesca. Yeah. And how great you can just walk in and see it yes, as well. for free. Funnily yeah. enough, I mentioned to you before we started recording that I've been with Catherine Bernhardt this week, and she was saying how much she loves your work. Um, and as she, I love hers. She was saying her. to me, though, that um, what should she do in London? And I said, go and see Elizabeth Payton at the National Portrait Gallery yeah. and then also go to the National Gallery. And she said she loved it. She just went around the National Gallery. Yeah. And she was so blown away that it was free just to get in and you get to see all these iconic, incredible paintings. Yeah, I've went back like four times since I've been here. It's so good, though, isn't it? Yeah. I love just 
just like popping in there sometimes if you yeah. just happen to be in that area yeah. Yeah. I always try and run in even if I just see one thing because you can do that you can just go in and see one painting and, then you come and out they're life changing though yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 just combining that so yeah. what, can you remember the first time you saw a Philip Gustin in the flesh um, those Nixon drawings that no show? I think Kerry Maher took us to see uh, a show of his at McGee that's when he really kind of stood out but you could see you could have seen him at um at the Met like way before. Yeah. But I think the time when I think the real the first time I really 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 fucked with it was was uh that McGee show like which was maybe like maybe 8 years. Yeah. Yeah, before he got with Hauser and way before but like 2008. Yeah, maybe. I was going to say 2010. 2010. Yeah. 2010. Yeah. But he died at that point, hadn't he? And Hauser took the estate on, didn't they? Well, he had died a long, long time ago. Yeah, yeah. But um, McGee was his like primary dealer after uh, Marlboro dropped him. I tried to read that book his daughter wrote because Drew recommended it to me because I'm also a Gustin yeah. freak, but I have to try again. Yeah, his writings on artists sick. Yeah, 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 yeah. But his writings itself is amazing. Yeah, yeah. So much energy from yeah. it. There's a lot of video of him on YouTube as well, talking about yeah. his work and, you know, lecturing and stuff. It's amazing. Yeah, I think there's like that Blackburn video of him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, other question we ask every guest is, what is your favourite colour? <laughs> Dude, that's like, how do you ask a painter? Like, <laughs> I don't have a favourite colour. I do. Are you going to say brown? Red. Red? Red. Why red? Um... <laughs> yeah, but I don't want I don't want to say it. That's not like you know what I mean. Like, why? Why are you reluctant to say it? Say all the ones you don't like then, and then we work it out. <laughs> why are you reluctant to say it? Why do I hate this question? I don't know why. I don't know. It feels like um, it's feels, so simple. It feels, but reveals ir- so it feels much irrelevant to like why? Why have a? It's like. I choose colors based on what is necessary, so why have a favorite? Well, that's an answer, though. That means you don't have a favorite color, or that you don't but want you to do, disclose. But you don't want to I, I, <laughs> I know, I know the one that I'm drawn to. You know, like I'm, I mean, yeah. there's there's too much blue in my wardrobe, you know, or like yeah. like teal or what aqua family stuff. But like, I'm not. I don't want anyone to put in my book that's not ever going to get written. That that's a favorite <laughs> color. It's just the one that I get. The one that finds me all the time. Uh-huh. That's interesting. You know, I don't yeah. know. I don't want a favorite color. I okay, that's fine. One. Love that. And yours Good is red, What's your red. favorite color? Yeah. Oh, he loves orange. Orange. I it guess it goes that. between orange and pink, but generally orange. Because I find orange really is, and it gives me energy somehow. Oh, My yellow, little brother, blue. who was like super quirky, only wore orange for like the first eight years of his life. Yeah, and I think not everyone wears it either. I love wearing orange because yeah. it makes me feel really like alive. That's so cool. Yeah. Is it is it like a bright orange or like more autumn kind of? No, orange? I like bright orange. Yeah. That, yeah, my brother was obsessed yeah. with bright orange. I've done that before. Where you'd have like I'd have like bright orange jeans, bright uh-huh. orange jumper, yeah, yeah, yeah. bright orange t shirt, and you wear the whole color. Mm-hmm. And there's something about immersing. I mean, it's not in art this, but it's it's like as a experience in the world. I find myself much more positive and stronger somehow. A bit like I was talking about earlier in collaboration and how you can be strong and how friendships can make you stronger as well somehow. Mm. I, I do believe that colours can influence your psychology. Well, they took red health. out of all the subway trains in New York and changed all the seats. Remember in the, I think it was like the early 90s, early 80s, they made all the seats yellow and orange. Why and did they take red out? It's making people too crazy. <laughs> red's your favourite colour, you said. <laughs> Love yeah. that. But red, red's all like about life baby. force though. So like, 
they use red a lot in marketing yeah. um, of Coca-Cola, things like that. Because it's meant to be about blood and you have like... A lot a, in your work, the hibiscus, which yeah, is yeah. a Caribbean flower. Yeah, it's that, red. That fears It comes lot. in all kinds of colors. The yeah, it does. It comes in red, yellow. It's a red bike. It's Did my you baby. No, he no, I didn't say it. I think, yeah. yeah. What's we your favorite color? Bl- a, a blue or yellow. Mm, I can see that. But you yeah. look like you have some regret, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I've kind of regret. Uh, it's I weird, right? Like, it it is, it is right. I guess once you put it out there, everyone's like, your favorite yeah. color is blue. But you said your favorite color was blue or yellow. Hang on a minute. You I think it's important mind. to be able to change, though, uh, you know, yeah, in, in life. Sometimes I want to be pink. Other time, but you're then always, I think pink and orange are somehow related. I don't think, Thanks, babes. I don't think you should be allowed to pick a favorite color. I love this. Though. This is the best answer. No one's ever said this. Normally, people just go. Some people have an answer straight away, and it could be quite a you're weird color as well. You're having an existential crisis about <laughs> this. Yeah. No, like, I love it. This is like <laughs> brilliant. I've just got to say, we've actually got a connection, which you told me when I met you at that Joe Bradley dinner years ago. Is that I did a show called Looking yes. for HBO. Yeah. And you were involved with the prior incarnation, which was a pilot that yeah. Michael Lennon. Yeah. What is the story there? The sh- you guys want the short or long story? Abridged. The bridge. Um, I just moved back, and I was working at PC Richard, and then. What's that? It, it's like a. A, a home appliance and home electronics appliance, yeah. store. Okay. A big chain. And Michael. Best Buy. Do you guys know Best Buy? Yeah, yeah. We have yeah. curries here. Okay. Yeah, curries. It's kind of like a curry. Yeah. But um. Michael came in with Alan, who was Alan Coltier, who did like a lot of like The Sopranos and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we ended up talking, and I just had like randomly had dinner with Steve Van Zandt the night before, and they ended up talking anyway. He was like, "Oh, you should come." And then Michael and I, we all we all sort of ended up changing numbers, and they would hit me up whenever like they needed like some random shit. And then like Michael set tapes or something. Was that what they were coming in for? Like... No, no, no. Just like if they want to, if like they're like, "Oh, we're doing a shoot today. Oh, all right. You want to come through and like be a hand?" So Michael called me one day because he won. He was shooting the pilot, and actually, if you Googled me for a long time, my my high school baseball stat would show up, which I I had none. <laughs> And my IMDb when I helped Michael with the, that shoot. <laughs> That's so funny. And then that became the pilot for Looking, which, of course, you started. It's called Lorimer was the original one, wasn't yeah, it? Was Lorimer. it Lorimer. Yeah, Lorimer. Yeah, yeah, because it was shot on Lorimer. Yeah, yeah, It was yeah. shot on Lorimer yeah. Street. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, like, that was my IMDb credit. And then he was like, oh, because he was planning to have it. Uh, um, he, was, he was like, oh, I'm going to thing it to HBO. And it happened. Looking and then it happened. happened. Wow. And then somebody was like, oh, yo, you you know, uh, uh, Russell, he's unlooking. I was like, looking? I was like, why that show sound so, so familiar? And then, yeah. So then I hit, yeah. So yeah, it was yeah. weird, man. It was like, yeah, yeah. that's why I try not to get in trouble because, you know, <laughs> you do shit like 20 years ago and somebody's like, remember when you was with my cousin? Like, Who's your cousin? <laughs> Who's your cousin? Oh, word? Or oh, do you remember when you had that website? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody help me delete that. You had to that. scroll and scroll and scroll. <laughs> It's crazy that you asked me if you to leave. I was like, nah, don't do that shit. No, we can't. Well, you were like, don't worry. You were like, don't, don't think about, don't waste your time worrying about it. And then here we are. 
But I, I enjoyed going to that website, so it wasn't a negative. Yeah, yeah, but look, Don't Ter- to Teresa and Alvaro, thank you so much this for coming on Talkart. It's been you. so no, fun. Thank you, guys. And also, yeah, uh, can so you hear much. outside in the in, in the street, there's like some sort of Let's party happening. Yeah, I think they're trying good. to come and join us. Well, that's what I like over here, because you could do shit like that. You know, like yeah. th- that party that we... Yeah, the, I mean, the opening the opening for here at Emelyn when Wild Yaks and Ice Balloons was performing, that shit was so fucking lit, but also so loud. It was impossible. Couldn't do that anywhere else but here. You Love know, that. In How London. much longer are you in London? I'm here for a while. At least a year. Not At least two. a year. But I think we're renting this building for like 10 years. Well, hopefully we, get to, yeah. we get to see both of you lots more then. Yes. Oh, I'll be back. Good times. <laughs> and we're going to be in New York next year. Russell's on Broadway, and I'm going to be coming out quite a lot to record interviews. So we oh, have to hang yeah. out. We should come yeah. to yeah. Congrats. Yeah. I'm there all year. Yeah. And we're now going to go back into your wonderful exhibition, and we'll be posting pictures um, of both of their works on our Instagram at TalkArt. Yes. And we'll be back very soon. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Talk Art with Robert Diamant and Russell Tovey. Follow us on Instagram at Talk Art, where you can view images of all artworks discussed in this episode. Recorded at Spiritland London by Anthony Shaw and edited by Gareth Isles. Subscribe to Talk Art on iTunes and Spotify. Give us a rating and write us a comment. Thanks for listening. 